Welcome to Courageous Parenting Podcast, a weekly show to equip parents with biblical truth on raising confident Christian kids in an uncertain world. Hi, I'm Angie from Courageous Mom. And I'm Isaac from Resolute Man. We've been married for 21 years and have seen the fruit from raising our eight kids biblically based on the raw truth found in the Bible. We can no longer let the culture win the hearts of children. Too many children from Christian families are walking away from their faith by age 18. And it doesn't have to be this way. It shouldn't be this way. Join us as we start an important conversation about effective parenting in the following world. Hey, welcome back to the podcast. So glad you're here. Hey, guys. Wow, another lively discussion. We just love doing this. And today we're mm-hmm. talking about uncorrected kids grow prey to moral relativism. There is a bunch of problems. <laughs> there, there is. I'm, there's always like, there, problems. There's problems. I mean, like, okay, so you guys, you know that we get messages. We love getting messages, comments, questions. They help us to know how to keep this podcast relevant, and we don't want to waste your time. We want to be encouraging, exhorting, um, reminding you of what the word says, being the the, the cheerleaders that fan your flame because Amen. parenting is not easy. We get it. Okay. Um, and recently we've had an uptake in people actually asking similar questions or coming to us sharing conflicts, issues that they're having um, regarding all kinds of things. And it's interesting because the narrative is so similar across the board. And so as we were talking about this, we were like, wow, okay, first of all, there are some issues with a lot of parents just struggling with knowing how to um, raise kids in a in a day and age where there's so many parenting philosophies that are about not correcting your children or never saying no and things like that. So we're going to talk about that today. It's super important because, you know, there is no new revelation when it comes to biblical truth. Right. And so you want to be careful when something mm-hmm. sounds like somebody has a new angle on the word of God right. that nobody's ever heard before, that would be like sirens going off. And so it's really mm-hmm. important just to be aware of that. And we need to yeah. rely on the Lord. Of course, you can learn from us and others, but you need to lean on the Lord. You need to most mm-hmm. importantly look to the Bible mm-hmm. for what is true and what God is saying in Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make straight your path. So in those moments when you're like, you know, what's true about this particular issue or what should I do in my parenting mm-hmm. regarding this? What should I change? Or maybe this? maybe you're even like reading a book, right? That's bringing up different parenting philosophies or different things. Like this verse pertains to that too, because mm-hmm. if you lean into the Lord, he will make straight your path, right? But if we're leaning into things that are not the Lord, man's words too much, our paths can become crooked. And so when th- people start with the words, I feel... Or I feel good about this or that or the other thing. Just realize feelings are real. God gave us feelings. Mm -hmm. But when it talks about uh, prescription on how to do something with something as important as parenting or marriage Mm -hmm. or what the Bible says about those things or other things, it's really important to remember this verse, the first part again, trust in the Lord. With, with all, all your heart. heart and do not lean on your own understanding. And a yeah. lot of times when people are using, I feel regarding something, I feel this way or that way, sometimes that could be leaning on your own understanding. Right. So just be aware of that. Or somebody else that's trying to train you or teach you, it right. might be them leaning on their own understanding. You know, where I've heard that the most is when people say, I feel like Jesus would 
and then fill in the blank, right? X, Y, Z. Um, or I don't feel like God, a God so loving would ever say that or would ever expect us to do that. And like those are the situations where you really have to not lean on your own understanding, but literally lean on the word of God because that's where the truth is. It's going to help you to be able to discern those lies, really. And the the truth is, is that we're all tempted, aren't we? Like we're we're all tempted. Well, by the enemy, we're mm-hmm. all we all um, are also tempted by our flesh, right? That self preserving instinct that's been in us and in humanity since Genesis three. That self preserving instinct to hide, to to blame shift, to to not take ownership. Um, but then there's also this temptation of the world and and what's popular, what's acceptable, what is going to be, um, you know, a lot of people are people pleasers. And so what's going to maybe not rock the boat so much. And really all of the things that I just described don't matter. What matters is what God's word has said. If we are a Bible believing Christians and we are wanting to live biblically, this is our guide this is our tool right here, the Amen. word of God only. And so um, while books can be encouraging, and I, I'm not throwing them out with the baby with the bathwater, right? The truth is, is that we have to filter them through the word of God and what we know, which means we need to spend more time reading the Bible so that we can discern when things are not actually truth or God's in alignment with God's word. Amen. We're going to dive in more in a second, but I just want to thank you for being part of the 10 million legacies movement. And every time you share or give mm-hmm. us a review on iTunes helps algorithms, by the way, uh, five-star reviews, super helpful. All the written reviews are amazing. We read every single one. We often share them on social media. Uh, when you share on social and tag us so we know it, we appreciate that. And it just really helps the movement further along. We put out so much free content all the time yeah. um, in, in every week for almost 200 weeks now. Next next week's episode will be the 200th episode, I believe. Mm-hmm. We have a special one coming for you on that. But it's just, it's been a joy to do it. It's not easy to come up with new content, but the spirit leads us and prompts us through some people mm-hmm. that are listening to um, what to talk about. And we just thank you for that. We're completely yeah. committed. It feels like in the whole timeline of the ministry, it actually probably is near the beginning still in comparison to how long we plan to do this. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is what we're supposed to do. This is incredibly important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so ways we fund it are through the courses, the books, coffee subscription coming soon. Obviously, the app community, which over 700 people, which is amazing. There's a very small monthly price and that pays for the expenses and then also helps the ministry Mm -hmm. and our family. So anyways, it's really fun to do this journey. We appreciate it. So let's dive in. Let's talk for a second. So some of the problems that people are commenting and messaging us about yeah. um, that we're going to just, we want to talk about a solution. We want to have some some encouragement for you guys. But these are some of the problems that we see, right? Kids walking away from the faith. That has definitely been on our radar from the beginning of this ministry. That was one of the reasons why we started Courageous Parenting, because it does not need to be that way. Okay, just doesn't need to be that way. It's kind of like when people in the world say, oh, teenagers are so awful. Does it need to be that way? No, no, it does not need to be that way. We have not experienced that. you, You know. Or and you could even say the same thing about toddlers, right? The terrible twos, different things. We've we've done podcasts on this in depth, right? Like the terrible things that are said out there today that as parents we need to stop saying. Um, but kids are walking away from the faith. The next thing that we we stru- we see is nominalism. 
Mm-hmm. Right. And so we uh, this is a huge issue as you're raising your kids. I bet you that you would say, I, I pray my kids are not nominal Christians. Am I right? If you're listening to Courageous Parenting, I bet that that's a thought that has gone through your head. I pray my kids are not nominal, but they are sold out for Jesus and they want to live for him. Amen. Right. That they're not fake Christians. They're not just or people who say they believe, but then live a totally different way. Right. That would be nominal Christianity, people who are not walking in the way that God's commanded them to. Okay, so here's another one. What about entitlement attitudes? This is a huge issue alone. Maybe we'll do a podcast on that in the future. Um, but but this, how does that even happen, right? How do kids become entitled? Mm-hmm. A, a largely, I mean, there are many symptoms. These are symptoms of many things that could have occurred mm-hmm. to a child to make them potentially choose not to um, want to stay a Christian or become nominal in their thinking, right? But then there are many things that could have potentially led to a child becoming entitled or even an elitist, right? I would say that some doctrines even cultivate elitism, if you will, in children regarding Christianity, which that is, is the not okay. Opposite of the purpose of life, which is to make God known. You can't think you're better right. than other people and live out the Great Commission. No. No, you can't. So, you know, this is this is a issue, right? We need to realize, okay, these are potential like pitfalls that my kids I if I like if I'm if I don't follow through on the parenting that God has called me to biblically, these are some of the the ramifications or consequences that will be in my children's hearts potentially. Mm-hmm. Could be any of these, right? Mm-hmm. And there there are many more. Um another one would be um kids that have b- beliefs based upon their feelings. We were just talking about this, right? Like kids that grow up going Oh, no, I experienced God this way. And so what it says in the Bible is not really for me. I tend to think that God is like this. You know, have you ever heard that from someone before? That That's definitely a lie. That is a, a pitfall, right? So kids growing up ba- basing their belief on their feelings or experiences with God, their truth versus the truth. Mm-hmm. This is a huge problem. This is where the moral relativism is, right? And then here's a big one. Like in the end, what do you experience? That your kids don't agree with you, right? That kids don't agree with their parents on anything um, and they won't be influenced mm-hmm. by them, actually. And so the all of these problems that you know we see in the world, you see in the world, um, that are getting perpetuated, I think really the enemy is preying on children today. I think you would agree with that. And so our first point is wayward parenting philosophies. Um, they often mm-hmm. infiltrate the church. Yeah. And very we hear this all the time. Very few churches actually are teaching yeah. biblical parenting. And you can come to your own conclusions on why that might be. But it is so important. Talk about equipping the next generation mm-hmm. for being lovers of Jesus and proclaiming mm-hmm. the good news to people and whatever that God calls them to do mm-hmm. for a vocation or in their life, that is crucially important. Mm-hmm. It's almost like if we're only focusing on now and the adults in church, then we're missing the whole long-term perspective. You know, it's interesting. I was thinking about this. I was thinking about the larger church because I've worked in churches in the past and I've seen a lot and I, I've seen a lot of good attempts, yeah, right? Absolutely. Um, where like they'll have like a mom's group or a mops group and they'll have different speakers come and teach on different things. But then are the men there? No. And then is it getting communicated back 
to the heads of households and is it a consistent like parenting as a team kind of thing happening? No, I don't think that that's realistic. Um, the truth is, is that when you look at churches, I think a lot of pastors and elders even probably spend more of their time putting out fires in the church that are issues with the adults, whether it's a divorce, adultery, addiction, all kinds of things, right? Um, which is super important. Which is work. really, really important. But but they're in the midst, they're literally firefighters. And then no one is actually rising up within these churches and teaching biblical parenting so that there aren't future fires. Do you see what I'm saying? And so this is like a problem across the board. It's almost like you have churches who won't talk on two things, politics and parenting. It's mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. Like churches will host marriage conferences, but they're not actually equipping their parents with biblical parenting so that people are not running the race alone. It is hard to parent biblically. We need to be like running the race with like-minded brothers and sisters in Christ, linked arms going... I got your back, sister. You're doing a good job. Mm -hmm. And and guys like rubbing up against other guys and going, hey, how did family devotions go this week? Or mm -hmm. how's that family meeting going? Or no, are those conversations even happening? I highly doubt it. And so we- And sometimes the wayward philosophies come in. Right, uh, and exactly. And they're coming in through- influences with people and everybody's sharing to each other and everybody's just on totally different pages and we don't necessarily have a solution for that it's just as a parent as a father as a mother it's important to be aware of that that we need to be discerning because and discerning because we're washed in biblical truth on a regular basis yeah. and we're uh, listening to the Holy Spirit and close so, to God you know I, I'll share one little thing that maybe maybe I have, I'm sure I have room to grow in this because I, I don't know if this is always like the best way, but for me, I'm, I'm very, I'm a skeptical person. Like if someone says something about a specific parenting philosophy, I don't just adopt it right away. I'm skeptical at first and I kind of like judge it mm -hmm. and I go, okay, wait a second. Is, is this in alignment with God's word? Number one. Number two, what is the fruit of people that I see doing this? And do I want that fruit? That one's key because sometimes people are, are pontificating philosophies when their kids are very, very little and there's there's no proof that that has worked. Right. Or there isn't fruit at all and they're saying this is the way to go or you can't see it. They don't right. ever show. No. They're not transparent enough even online to even mm -hmm. show what the is reality going on of what's their, going on in their families, but they're teaching certain things. There is a Bible verse that we want to share with you guys in Matthew chapter 10, verse 16. These are Jesus's words. So not, not mine, not my opinion. These are Jesus's words. It says, behold, I'm sending you out as sheep in the midst of wolves. So be wise as serpent and innocent as doves. And then it continues, beware of men, for they'll deliver you over to the courts and flog you in their synagogues, and, and continues on. But you guys, this is the reality of what we are literally living in. Mm -hmm. There are a bunch of wolves in sheep's clothing. Sometimes, there's both. And, and then there's wolves. Yeah. There's like wolves in sheep's clothing, and then there's wolves. Do you see how those two things are different? And I think that like if we're on social media, I'm just going to use that as an example right now because that's an easier one to like see the night and day. Here's an example. There's like wolves. You see something that is vehemently sinful being pushed on children, such as drag queen library times, right? You got wolves. 
Those are wolves. Yeah, society's then, changed to where wolves are comfortable now being out in the open. Right, and and it's very obvious. So actually, this is like, praise God in some ways, because we can go, wolf, go the other way, right? Yeah. But then the sheeps in, or the wolves in sheeps clothing are movements or Instagram handles that are doing ads that come in your feed where they look like they're a like-minded mom. Let's say they have three or four kids, or maybe they have five kids and they, they homeschool, or they are, they say in their, their bio that they are, um, they love being a mom. They're, they're posting about motherhood and enjoying motherhood. That sounds like something that would be like-minded, right? But then if you look into them, you find out that they're actually not Christian at all but that they are actually, they believe in a totally different, like not even in the Bible, right? And this is happening everywhere. And they're like preaching parenting philosophies and there are tons of Christians that are following them and they're not even Christian and they're, they have Christians following them for parenting advice. In my opinion, that would be a, a wolf in sheep's clothing, right? Yeah. And so, you know, it's important that we take time to really be introspective and discern and realize that God's calling us to be wise as serpents, but innocent as doves. What does that mean? I think that it means that wisdom, how do we get wisdom? Proverbs tells us over and over again that the fear of the Lord is the mm-hmm. beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding. And so we, how do we fear the Lord the best? By seeking him, understanding that he is all powerful and that he deserves our rightful reverence and our following. Actually, we shouldn't be following them. We should be following God. I want to take a moment and give you something for free if you haven't got it already is the date night one sheet. It is a beautiful document you can download that will have some key questions on it for your date night to just get in alignment about what's most important for your family. No matter what time of year, it's always important to recalibrate. You can get that by going to CourageousParenting.com and subscribing to our mailing list. Um, Also, you can get all of our show notes and everything at CourageousParenting.com. And I also just want to share real quick about the Parenting Mentor Program. So many families are being transformed by going through this. Uh, It's the six-week self-paced program uh, with live engagement from us and even direct interaction. So if you want to join us, uh, here's a little bit more about it. You can find out more at CourageousParenting.com. Steve and I realized that we were getting too comfortable with the world's vision of how to raise our children. What Angie and Isaac have done in creating this is literally phenomenal. This program provided awesome scripture-based teachings and just some really great practical applications. This class has just really rocked my world. It has given me a vision for not just the different things that we might focus on as parents who are trying to raise our kids biblically, like how our kids are behaving or what we're doing with discipline, but also the things of the heart. We now have a game plan to how we want to raise our children. We have so many answers to the questions that have been in our mind. It's not just these hypothetical situations, or it's not just this, here's what I think you should do. It's, let me show you where in scripture this is. Do your legacy a favor and yourself a favor and just do it. One of the best things that we've done this year, one of the best investments we've made this year, and I could not recommend it more. We're no longer fearing dark days ahead, but we're so excited to raise lights to be leaders for the next generation. And one of the things that happens is now you have this really compelling argument for direction. And then you have biblical truth or what I've already always 
mm-hmm. believed the Bible said about something, mm-hmm. and now you have confusion. And confused minds don't take action. So if you wow. are in a state of confusion about your parenting, about your marriage, about biblical living, mm-hmm. you need to get unconfused as fast as possible. And we 100% believe in the churches out there. Yeah. And you should talk to your pastor or uh, a leader at your church if you mm-hmm. need to, or right. look at what the Bible says, and or both, and, and just really make sure you're not confused. You got to right. get out of confusion as fast as possible because your kids are here and we need certainty in our approach to mm-hmm. how we are mm-hmm. going to approach things right. and parent and so forth. Because I think the epidemic and the reason for this episode is so many people messaging us also uh, seeing what's happening out there and yeah. what people are teaching and so forth and going, wow, there's so many parents that are stopping teaching, stopping the correcting. training of their kids and right. correcting of their kids and the disciplining of their kids. They're even stopping saying no. That's what's crazy is they're like, oh, that'll that it's it's actually comical to me because you guys might not know this about our family i'm just gonna do a little (laughs) little little insert here our family really loves little house on the prairie and usually when i'm like sick and pregnant or in postpartum or somebody's sick we'll go through this season where our family will watch a lot of little house on prairie did you know that in one of the seasons later on where laura's older there's an episode where Almanzo's brother drops off his two sons for Almanzo and Laura to babysit. And his wife does not believe in telling her children no. And these kids, like, it is comical <laughs> to watch this episode. I'll because even it. back then, it, it's like, literally, they're literally making a mockery of parents that would not say no to their children back then. Like, how? let's use common sense. A child does not know what's best for them. What They would eat, choose to eat ice cream every single meal. Right? Not their broccoli and chicken. So anyway, it's just There's folly bound up in the heart of children. Uh, Yes, it's so funny. also, Jesus says, children, come to me and rebukes the disciples for not bringing importance to them. Right. Both are true. They're incredibly important. God's children. And Mm -hmm. at the same time, they need leadership and they need to be guided and led. And part of that is sometimes we say no. And sometimes we say no in different ways. And sometimes we um, need to help our kids learn lessons. I was just thinking about this principle when I was driving home the other day, the principle of sowing and reaping. Mm. That is a biblical principle. Yeah. And we've all seen it in our own lives Mm -hmm. that we reap what we sow. Mm -hmm. Sowing, I'm familiar because recently we sowed a a yard and we did it the old fashioned way where you throw out seed and that's actually with your hands and it's actually called sowing. Mm -hmm. And I will say that we've reaped on an average way. Good, but average. It's not this beautiful, luscious yard. Not every seed took but root. But there is a yard. And so we <laughs> yes. did bear fruit. But it's, right. but you know, I'm, I'm new at sowing. You might feel that way as a parent. I'm new at New at discipling. Right? New at, these kinds yeah. of things. But with our kids sowing and reaping, if they don't learn sowing and reaping in our home where they are somewhat sheltered, where they are protected, there's structure and security, and we're providing for them and all these things, God made parents the people that would help their kids experience sowing and reaping. Mm-hmm. Because when they're out on their own, they're going to experience that in a much deeper and bigger way. Mm-hmm. But they've got to experience it with their home so that they understand where boundaries are, where they understand what's appropriate and what's yeah. good and what's not good. 
And part of that experience when your kids are living in your home, I think, is that there's an opportunity for a narrative, um, a, a, a conversation, an ongoing conversation that's happening between parents and children to help them process and actually have a deeper understanding to grow both in understanding and in intelligence, but also in like, can I just say street smarts? Like, we don't want our kids to be tossed to and fro like the waves of the sea when it comes to parenting philosophies or marriage philosophies or worldly philosophies of any kind, right? When they launch from our from our homes. And part of the way that you get your kids to be so solid, I think, before they leave is to have lots of conversations when they're little, mm-hmm. when they are willing to listen. But part of the problem with these wayward parenting philosophies is that they literally don't point out the sin. Okay, so this is like a fundamental problem. Mm -hmm. I'm not talking about your home always being all about like the sin police. If you've got sin police going on, that is not a happy home to be a part of. Can I just say that? I have to, that's like a huge rear, rear. Okay, we need to have. Uh, there's a teeter-totter, right, of, of of love and discipline that is happening. And you can't be so focused constantly on sin and so neg. Sometimes I get, like, I get so intense because I'll be thinking and focused on, like, one project. And I'm so driven to, like, get this project done. And I have to remember that there's little hearts in the process that I need to be tender with. Oh, I've and- learned that, too. When the same kind of thing when I'm trying to get something done. And somebody's working with me, but they're not doing it right. I have to slow down and get patient. You have to. And so when I'm saying like, you need to point out the sin, I'm also saying like, there has to be a balance of like really pouring into the relationship as well. It can't just all be this way. But what I am saying is that there's literally a many different philosophies that are movements really for eradicating the word sin from the vocabulary and not even acknowledging that sin exists. And this is simply put, not biblical. It's not biblical. And if you raise your kids in an environment where you're not ever talking about sin, they don't know what sin is. They don't understand that they're, they are being tempted to sin. They don't understand like the temptation of the flesh, the temptation of the world and the temptation from the devil. If they don't understand those things, they're not equipped they're going to fall for it, hook, line, and sinker. You can eradicate as much temptation as possible, but there's still something called human flesh. There's still an enemy, and there's still the world, right? And so we have to understand that those things are actually against God, and we need to teach our kids that and and equip them. You guys, we can equip them. Like this should be an exciting podcast for you to be listening to right now because literally like imagine if a child grows up in a home and they never fully understand the gospel, but they're raised in a Christian home and they don't understand that they have a need for a savior, but they are raised thinking, oh, I'm a Christian because my family goes to church. How many kids grow up in that kind of a scenario where they think, oh, I'm a Christian because my family's a Christian and we go to church on Sundays. That is... Oh, like I literally think about this and I go, this is the heart of how kids fall to nominalism. We have to teach the gospel truth to our children, which is freedom, actually. It is freedom. Why? 
As a parent, we would never want our kids to be in any kind of bondage, especially bondage to sin, right? So what happens with kids who never believe they make mistakes? They have hard times with friendships. It's hard to be a friend with somebody that Thinks is they're never always wrong. right and never yeah. wrong or don't need to apologize because they didn't really do anything. They're rationalizing their behavior. Well, there's parents out there. We hear stories of who them, yeah. are rationalizing for their kids. Thank you. And you yeah. bring, you bring you, sometimes kids have squabbles or, or challenges with each other and parents talk about it. And then one parent goes, my kid's perfect and you just need to get it together. Right. That kind of attitude is validating the kid's manipulation, sin, whatever it is. It's going to create an entitlement attitude, a potential nominalism, arrogance, pride, so many things. This could literally, as a parent, we have to recognize that we also, like Isaac was just talking about this, we will reap what we sow. And that is, there is an element of that with our children regarding what attitudes we are cultivating in our kids, what heart attitudes we're Mm -hmm. cultivating by way of not parenting biblically, but parenting worldly, or even protecting our children from the truth, which is that they are struggling with sin. Like, okay, have you ever offended somebody and they've come to you and said, I've been offended by X, Y, Z, and you for some reason, just don't say I'm sorry. And you start justifying. I think all humans have done that. Can I first just encourage you that if this is something you struggle with, Mm -hmm. I think all humans struggle with this at some point in their life, if not on a regular basis. And it is by the power of the Holy Spirit that we have humility and we're able to go, I'm really sorry that you took it that way. Or Mm -hmm. I'm really sorry that I said that. Or I'm really sorry that I hurt you. Or Mm -hmm. I'm I'm really sorry I shouldn't have. Will you forgive me? But there is something that happens when you say those words, I am sorry. Mm -hmm. And you say them genuinely. And that literally it frees you up. Mm -hmm. Like you can walk and go, Oh, I feel better, right? And that is because we're not allowing sin to take hold in our hearts by way of arrogance or pride. Mm -hmm. And we can't allow that to happen to our children. We have to raise our kids up with humility. And part of that is that they would see when they do sin, that's what actually helps them. Like the fact that they understand, oh, I sinned here. Oh, I sinned there. Oh, yeah, I really need Jesus. Like, that leaves them in a place where they go, I'm sorry. That's fertile soil when you're teaching them this for the gospel. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 20, it says, Brothers, do not be children in your thinking. Be infants in evil, but in your thinking be mature. Super important. It's interesting because in this specific passage of scripture, Jesus Well, this is 1 Corinthians chapter 14, um, verse 20, in case you missed that. He's saying, we need to recognize and evaluate where we are first. We can't be mature or be infants in our thinking um, if we don't evaluate first and take an audit of where we actually are. So in this moment, right now, I'm going to ask you a hard question. Are you an infant in evil? Or is your thinking mature? Now evaluate your child and in, and as you are parenting them, have proper expectations for where they are and recognize like this is something that as parents, we need to take responsibility mm-hmm. for in protecting our children's minds so that they 
do stay infants in evil and teach them how to guard their minds and their hearts so that when they're older, they are protecting themselves so that they can remain infants in evil, but mature in their thinking. This is a concept that I think a lot of people need like hands-on guidance on in a lot of ways, but really it's very simple. It's listen to the spirit, pray and ask God, how do I protect my kids? What would be appropriate in this situation? Have your eyes wide open. We've been talking about parenting in reality versus having rose-tinted glasses on. Recognizing the truth mm-hmm. about who your child is like it, it, do, it should not hurt us to go, you know what? Yeah, I could see that my kid might say that because my son is a sinner, right? Mm-hmm. Like how, how freeing is that from one friend to another in a situation like Isaac described for you to go, I'm so sorry that my child hurt your child's feelings or said that or um, thank you for telling me I recognize my child isn't perfect and this is something that we need to work on. Thanks for bringing it to my attention. I mm. guarantee you I'll be having talks with them about this and we'll keep our eyes open for it in the future because this is definitely not something we want to continue on in their character. Like the that is humility as a parent. Mm-hmm. That parent is going to be ha- reaping so much better fruit than a, than a parent that just has rose-tinted glasses on, makes excuses for their kid, and allows them because they don't want to deal with conflict. Yeah. Right? And so we need to recognize when we have rose-tinted glasses on, take them off. We need to look at our child the way God does, which is both a blessing, but also someone who is human in a fallen world, has been has folly bound up in the heart of a child, right? We have realistic expectations and we go, okay, are they saved? Should I be expecting the same things out of them as a mature Christian? Probably not. Okay, have I discipled them? Do they even know what the Bible says? Like we should Mm -hmm. actually have these questions going on in our head about each of our children because our children are in different places with spiritual maturity. And we need to have realistic expectations. We cannot do that. We cannot parent in reality unless we take rose-tinted glasses off. Yeah, Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus, Mm -hmm. our Lord. We know this, but this is so, so important just to think about as we're talking about this. We want to grow our kids up in Christ, right? And so they need to be aware of these things. So So pointing them to Jesus as the person who helps them and washes away their sin and saves them from that bad habit, literally can break them free from bondages, from, I'm just going to say it, curses that people speak in, over their life. Um, there is evil in this world, mm-hmm. lies that they've been believing from the enemy or from other people that are in their head that they haven't taken their thoughts captive into the obedience of Christ and what his word says about who they are. Like there are so many aspects that can lead to the problems that we were talking about at the beginning of this, but it starts with parents rising up and recognizing that God has called them to correct their kids and not ignore the problems, Mm -hmm. Um, to speak truth in love, like in a way where their kids know that their parents love them unconditionally. And truthfully, like, can anyone love your child more than you do? No. Like when you have a baby, you love that baby more than anybody in the world. Mm -hmm. How much more does God love all of us, his children, right? And kids innately should kind of, they should sense that from their parents, but they should also be told that by their parents over and over again, do you know I just love you? 
why do you love me? Because you're my son, because you're my daughter. We, we need to remind them that we love them just because we love them. But then we also speak truth and we get to speak truth because we love them. It's a really beautiful thing. Right here, actually, in Romans 7, 7, very interesting. It says, what then shall we say? That the law is sin? By no means. Yet if it had not been for the law, I would not have known sin. For I would not have known that is it is to covet if the law did mm-hmm. not sit, had not mm-hmm. said, you shall not covet. Mm-hmm. Okay, so, and it goes on to talk about, I think Romans is a really good book in the Bible uh, on this For topic. discipling your kids, for sure. Even taking them through the Romans road is really powerful for kids. Um, But, you know, the last point that we just want to briefly talk to you guys about is the importance of um, not underestimating the power of influences, which we've done podcasts on this in the past. We've also done encouraging podcasts that are Mm -hmm. similar that I think there's one that's called Don't Run the Parenting Race Alone. Um, Highly recommend you go look that podcast up because we're not going to dive super deep into this. But we definitely think that this is a necessary part of this conversation because you need to be evaluating the, you you do, you just, you have to evaluate the people who have influence on your kids, period. I'm just going to say it. There's no easy way to say it. Um, You have to use wisdom. You have to use judgment and discernment as to how much influence you allow different types of people to have on, in your kids' lives. Because some people unknowingly can actually lead your kids astray in their thinking mm-hmm. um, as they build a, a, a loving relationship with them. That's just the truth, right? And so you need to have relationships with people who you can run the race with. And if you're in a situation where maybe there's been an offense of some kind from one kid to another and you've tried reaching out to that parent and that parent has not been responsive in the way that is like a biblical approach to parenting and to even you coming to them and confronting them with this issue, you guys, that is a a yellow flag, maybe even a red flag, depending on what the issue was that you confronted them on. Um, And I would definitely like press in to that relationship first and in a biblical way and be like, hey, the kind of relationship that I want is one where I can come to you when there is an issue and you're not going to defend your child. Mm -hmm. And I want to do that too. So I want to give you permission to speak into my life and vice versa. If we can't have that, then our relationship's just going to have to be different. Like, I'm not kidding. You may have to have that kind of a conversation. I've had to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. I've had those good conversations and I've had those hard conversations before. But I'll tell you this, 23 years, 20, well, almost 23 years into parenting or 22 years, I don't have regrets in doing that. Do you? Never sacrifice your kids' well-being, spiritual well-being. For a relationship. For, for relationships. You should never have to. Right. That's the point, which is you. as long as your approach is good and loving. And biblical. And biblical, yeah. there should be a response. Otherwise, that relationship might not be a fruitful one anyways. And there may just end up being more and more offenses, and this could perpetuate into a bigger problem down the road. And so it's really important to be aware of who's mm-hmm. influencing you, who who's influencing your marriage, who's influencing mm-hmm. uh, your spouse. Mm. So important to totally. think about yeah. that because we get influenced. Anybody that thinks they're so strong 
that they won't be influenced by the people they spend time with is about I'm not to gonna, fall. <laughs> I'm not going to say they're fools, but I'm going to say it's foolish. It is a foolish thought. It's to, a to, boastful to thought, a prideful thought, and um, all, pride comes before the fall, we right? We all so, get influenced. Yeah. In fact, you'll even notice this. People that spend a lot of time together, they start talking similarly. It's true. They start owning similar things. Mm-hmm. It's we, whether we can, we are going to fess up to it or not, we are influenced with people we spend time with. Yeah. And even more so, your children. Even more so, because they're so impressionable. They're young. Right. And so you have well, to be Well, and if vigilant. you put your stamp of approval on someone for your children, I mean, that's really what we're all doing, right? Like, if you think about your communities and you think about the people that you allow to talk to your kids and have deep conversations with your kids or or be a um, role model for your kids, you're giving them a stamp of approval. And so, yeah, you do need to judge that. Should you be putting the stamp of approval on the youth pastor? Should you be putting the stamp of approval on the teacher, on the coach, on the friend next door, on the on the grandpa, on the aunt, on the uncle? Like, guys, literally think of any particular relationship. They all need to be audited. And from the perspective of like fruit, of loving your children well, I, I can honestly say that like at the end of the day, People who don't correct their kids and then you're correcting your kids, that that is a that you're gonna have problems in the future. And there's no easy way to say that. Parents who are passive in their relationships and not talking about the hard things and not taking appropriate action, you're gonna have kids that raise up and are can easily get snared by moral relativism. Whatever I feel to be true is true. What right. I think is true is true. I think God would be this way. It doesn't matter what the Bible says. Right. Or I remember it this way, even though that's not the true narrative of what so they happened. Need to, they literally need to see strong, confident parents that are assertively making decisions mm-hmm. based on biblical truth and making the tough choices sometimes. It's called leadership. It's called yeah. leadership. And in this world, there is a lack of Good leadership. And so you have to be that good mm-hmm. example for them. We cannot rely on really any other leaders to be that example. Now, hopefully, mm-hmm. the pastor of your church is that example, and there are other people. But just to make sure, you've got to be that leader. That's right. So, you guys, like, you know, as we're wrapping this podcast up, this is a heavy conversation, like super heavy, Isaac, yeah. right? And I, And we get it. Guys, we are still parenting. So we are, this is like a constant thing that we have been doing for a very long time. And we still do this. We're in the trenches and with you. We totally. have a one year old and we have all the ages. Right. And so then there's like the, okay, so how do older siblings influence younger siblings? Like you, you have to set your mind to try to honor the Lord in all of your relationships, but you do need to have your priorities straight. Right? Like God calls us to love our neighbor as ourself. Mm-hmm. That doesn't mean that we do that at the sacrifice of our family that's living in our house. Like our husband is our is a wife's neighbor. Uh, our kids are our first neighbors, right? And this concept of loving other people, I think sometimes gets um I think that people are more willing to give their best to other people and then their families get the rest based upon 
their um, contributions or their focus or where their energies go. I know that there have been times where I've had people in my life where I just love them so much and I am enjoying fellowship with them. And then if they go through something hard, then I'm like, I'm totally there for you a hundred percent. But then my family will suffer in, Mm -hmm. in the long run if I keep going at that pace. So we have to keep our priorities straight and recognize that our first neighbors that are on our priority are our immediate family, our jurisdictions that God has given us. Because the truth is, is that friends will come and go, actually. Mm-hmm. That, that just does happen in life sometimes. And we want to love people well while they're in our life, but never at the expense of the, the biblical faith fruit that we're trying to cultivate in our kids. Amen. Hey, thanks for joining us. See you next time. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode. For more resources, go to Courageous Parenting and CourageousMom.com for free online workshops, blog posts, and best-selling courses. Also, we wanted to quickly tell you about our six-week online parenting mentor program. Isaac and I created a powerful biblical curriculum. Here's how it works. Each week, we release a video with a downloadable parenting packet to make it easy for you to incorporate those teachings directly into your parenting. This is an incredible self-paced program where we cover everything from obedience training to overcoming mistakes most Christians are making. But more than that, it's a supportive community. You'll have access to our private online group, live webcasts, and the Courageous Parenting text message line where Angie and I can send you weekly encouragements straight to your phone. If you're interested in joining our next online parenting mentor program, secure your spot now at CourageousParenting.com. That's CourageousParenting.com.